0: Welcome back to the Barso Breakdown, my name is Yusuf and I'm here with my co-host
1: Adam. What's up, guys? Thank you for tuning into the Barca Breakdown. Today, we're going to cover the 1-4 victory away at Real Sociedad. Now that we've had a few days to kind of let things digest, I think overall our focus this season is to do, you know, a a post-match reaction video always, and then a few days later to kind of give some thought and consideration to what, you know, Xavi was going for or how people performed, uh, look at some film, rather than the transfer rumor news that can be just so, like, rumor-filled and not really, like, have a lot of substance to it. So let's get into it, Yus, because I'm very curious what you thought about this Real Sociedad game. I mean, none of us have heard it since you, you know, unfortunately weren't here uh, after the game on Sunday. But, you know, the most peculiar thing... I think for sure, for all of us, is that we lined up in this, you know, three, two, four, mm-hmm. one, depending mm-hmm. on how you want to call it, right, with definitely a back three. And then uh, oftentimes, you know, kind of Frankie de Jong as a pivot, sometimes with Pedri coming back as well as a, a double pivot at times. So why don't you let us all know your thoughts since we haven't heard from you yet?
0: Yeah, so, okay, going straight, looking at the lineup like you mentioned. it is. It was just so... I was taken aback by it. This is not something we normally see from Javi or Barca in general. We don't typically organize our players like this. We haven't seen this. But it was sort of refreshing that Javi took a chance and an opportunity to try something new and be a little bit more innovative. Now, we'll get into it, but how innovative can you get before you scramble things too much? And I think um, with the lineup and the players he chose – I don't know if I would have gone with Ferran Torres. He's just coming back from injury so recently. He hasn't had time to uh, you know, be integrated into the new players that we received. So that, in my opinion, was just kind of uh, odd. And then on top of that, you know, again, choosing Ronald Araujo in a position that he's not naturally set in. And we're pretty much now saying that Dest is not an opportunity um, or a player that we're going to be choosing. We'll see about Koundé in that situation. But from, you know, like I just said, being innovative and in making new decisions and trying new things, we've already tried the Arajo right-back thing, and it's not been pinning out too well, so why are we kind of dropping back into this situation where we keep doing this? Then, on top of that, you know, we had to um, not play Busquets because of that red card, and we had Frankie de Jong in the middle, and I think, you know, overall, it was nice and refreshing to see these changes, but at the same time, I think he overstretched himself. Um,
1: I've you know, I, well, I don't. Uh, you know, uh-huh. and you s- I think that was the main point of what I had discussed in uh, the uh-huh. post match video that I did is that it just felt like we didn't put all of our players in a position t- for them to shine, right? Sure. So we had Araujo out of position, as you said. We had Gavi, who at times was just like, uh, and you know, we have the heat map up on the screen. He was just kind of invisible a little bit in the midfield because he didn't exactly have positional stability, and especially for a young player, I feel like it's mm-hmm. a little bit risky to put him into these games where, you know, we're trying out a new lineup. I, I just, you know, maybe Kessi or possibly, you know, Pjanic would have been uh, someone who I would have felt more confident in. But overall, it's a recurring theme for me that Araujo and Gavi are not being put into positions to succeed by Javi so far. But, you know, part of the the reaction I got on Twitter and I heard from other people about my, you know, the post-matches, mm-hmm. I was a little bit too negative because at <laughs> the same time that there were some mistakes, you know, sure. there was Ter Stegen looking wonderful. There was uh-huh. Pedri who had an awesome game. You know, Lewandowski had that. Those two wonderful goals, Dembele, even though, you know, positionally... Uh, the Where he was is kind of a right wing back. He was a little bit too far from Araujo to create any threat. And on defense, he was so far back that he wasn't really able to spring forward and, you know, use his speed to his advantage. He had a wonderful goal. And uh, with how many times we've been critis- critical of Dembele last season for not scoring enough, he scored a big goal today, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it takes you kind of back to... Do you mean on uh, Sunday? La- Euro- <laughs> uh, yeah, on Sunday. It kind of <laughs> takes you back to last spring with him scoring against Sevilla, uh-huh. I think in two matches in like five days, if you guys remember that Copa del Rey La Liga double. And so there were some very positive things, but let's get into the lineup use because it was it was very confusing. And I I, I a little bit understand where Javi was coming from because if you look at the Rayo game, right, our big criticism was the midfield was absent and they weren't able to control the ball at all, right? Mm-hmm. In this game with the 3-2 Two, three, one, or however you want to call it, right? At least what you saw is that our midfield was forming a box and they were able to contribute to the buildup. And I think that was perhaps the biggest pro of what Xavi did was he was trying to figure out a way to get the, the, the midfield more involved as well, considering the fact that Busquets is gone, you know, he had to come up with a, a little bit of a new system to fit in because Frank de Jong, as we all saw in that first goal, had <laughs> some holes. So why don't you talk to me a little bit about how you felt the midfield in this new formation functioned?
0: Well, having uh, Frankie and Pedri in the midfield was nice because I think they work well together. However, I think uh, we there since we had mainly Pedri and Frankie in the midfield and then we had Gavi a lot of times moving forward, it, le- it allowed them to have a lot more space to operate in. And that also, with Gavi's ability to free move a little more freely, I think he was able to um, draw defenders away from that midfield position and create some open space uh, for the other midfielders right and as Dembele as well was able to do something similar but I did like this this uh, fluidity to the midfield it allowed a lot more open play I saw a few times where uh, Gavi would drop back and be with Pedri and Frankie was able to make a run on the right side or vice versa with Gavi doing the same thing or even Pedri it was very fluid and it added a very offensive um, dangerous uh, style of play to this game. Yeah, the, the midfield was very fluid with the ability of Frankie de Jong and uh, Pedri t- able to switch off between each other, uh, allowing runs to go forward from that midfield with Gavi, Frankie, uh, Pedri at different times. It just added a lot more unexpected movements from the players, which allowed our and, midfield to prosper. And what was prosper. interesting,
1: right, kind of uh, going along that same vein, is that Ferran Torres, rather than playing on the wing, if mm-hmm. you you know look at that heat map, right, he's playing much more kind of as a second striker behind Lewandowski and oftentimes dropping Check. back to the midfield. Now, that was one of the criticisms I had after the game is I don't think Ferran Torres does his best in this link-up play kind of from the middle. I think he, when we saw him at his best last season, it was a lot of him coming from the wing, especially because, you know, for years, we haven't had, like, tried-and-true wingers, especially since Neymar left. And finally, we have Torres, Rafinha, and Dembele. And so it was very interesting how we kind of forming this little midfield box. Um And, you know, that that is a positive that Javi had innovated, right? And I think, you know, as much as I am critical of how things went, what I probably didn't say enough on the, the video after the game is that he did get it right with his subs, right? Putting on Fatih, putting on Rafinha immediately made a huge impact. And we saw Real Sociedad, a team who had become a little bit tired and weren't able to press as much. When we kind of, you know, put all of our best players right in front of them, they kind of panicked, right? I don't think they were quick to understand how much space might have been left behind. And then that let Rafinha, Dembele, Fati, of course, Lewandowski, kind of run riot and then really take the game to another level. Well, uh, you know, that's a good thing to consider is
0: what we need to—Javi dis- needs to figure out how he can make the first and second half— just as effective as each other, right? In the first half, I know we're trying to figure out the other team, you know, uh, see how they're playing and adjust to certain situations. But at the same time, we played with a squad that didn't seem to have anything happen, and he didn't make subtle adjustments as the game went on. At one point, you know, is still... 1-1 uh, one, one at the 60th minute of the game, and he just injected all of these, you know, very strong, fast players who have uh, or are a threat on the pitch, and then we were able to make something happen. But what happens, you know, in situations where even if we put those player on, those players on? There's not that much time left, and we're not able to make something happen. And, you know, I could see this kind of happening in the Champions League where we become really stagnant, and even when we inject these players, a a better
1: team has a much better defense and is able to Mm -hmm. adjust to that situation. So, And you're speaking about a good point, which is uh, that we want to be a team that wins structurally and as a team, not because we have, you know, Robert Lewandowski, Anza Fati, and Usman Dembele, and Pedri, right? Like, we want to get away from the the period where we had Messi basically saving games out of nowhere, <laughs> Suarez sometimes. Yeah. And we want to go to a team that is well-rounded and that can compete, right? Because you think about Liverpool, you think about Man City. I mean, right, you just turn on a Man City game, whether it's KDB or it's Holland now or it's Gundogan oh or yeah. it's Bernardo Silva, <laughs> like, right? They just – they have like, – or it was Mane or Firmino or Salah or – jota or whoever or you know uh tiago on liverpool like there's there's always a stable of different players who can take over the game and make it push them over the edge and and we just want to make sure that we're not a, a team where just like one star kind of changes the game at any given time um but let's talk about some more things you notice use because one thing that i remember you uh, mentioning was arajo and his natural inclination to be inside and how you didn't think the back three suited him
0: Yeah, so his position, even on the right wing, he doesn't really connect with uh, Dembele in the first place. But at the Mm. same time, if uh, he doesn't have those two center backs, you know, slotting in in the middle, there's too much space when it was the back three with him. And so he just seemed to naturally drift inwards um, to cover that space, but a lot of times just overcompensating and ending up too far down the pitch. And I think we saw that... um, In the first goal, or maybe a... No, no, no. It was a a potential attack down the right side with Isak. And basically, uh, Raho ends up just shifting all the way to the right side of the pitch with Christensen and Garcia. So now you have all three center backs on that far left and then you have Dembele having and Gavi having to cover two men bolting down the left side of the pitch and at this time is Araujo supposed to be covering the right third of the pitch but he has no eyes on what's going on in this situation and unfortunately i think he just has this natural inclination to move you know inward to you know cover and assist the the person on the ball but i think we're over committing these defenders and not trusting our other players and I, Araujo especially included because he's just not naturally um sitting on the right side he doesn't that's just it's against his uh nature i, d- I mean i don't know how else to say
1: that but um yeah so like well we he's, i mean he's he that's not he's being played out of position yeah right is the way to yeah. say it is that he has spent most of his time as a center back uh, and he has done phenomenally for us, and so to put him in as right this right back spot is questionable. Uh, although, you know, I think Xavi would say, "Well, I don't trust Sergio Des, and I trust Araujo more." <laughs> and my mm-hmm. p- and I'm hoping he's going to say, "My plan is for when Kounde comes in for him to to fulfill this, you know, right sided, uh, basically right back or right center back in a back three, because I think Kounde is probably more uh, suited for that role." I think we continue to see that Araujo just does not have passing ability needed to play in that spot, especially when we need someone to be able to play aggressive forward passes to get Dembele on the break and, uh, you know, or or play one-twos with Dembele. That's not really Araujo's game, Uh, but it kind of goes back to my earlier point, which is that positionally, the issue with this lineup and uh, having basically no right back but then having Dembele and Baldé at times play as wingbacks is that it really just oftentimes made Dembele have to get the ball too far back in the pitch or in a position where people are covering him whereas when he's playing up front as a right winger purely he has and you know he has a right back behind him for defense he has much more of an ability to, to dart forward and to run one-on-one at defenders and to get the ball into threatening spots and in that first half you really saw Dembele be neutered because he had to consider a lot more defensive responsibilities and he was receiving the ball I think in like a suboptimal spot. So regardless of Araujo's passing abilities, it's also a, you know, tactical situation that has put Dembele in a a suboptimal spot.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Dembele is a player that we need him to, you know, have open space and create a threat on the offensive side of the pitch. Um, And, you know, to highlight some of the important things that I saw in this game was we had a lot of shots inside the box. And I think a lot of times Dembele can definitely add to that situation. But Lewandowski has had a great um, knack for getting inside the box. Of course, he does, because that's what he did on Bayern Munich. But he's also able to get in front of players. We also saw Fati in this um, uh, situation. In uh, fuck, we also saw Fati getting inside the box and causing havoc. And you know, on that first uh, Dembele or on that Dembele goal, he was able to um, cu- draw two defenders in the middle and then able to heel flick it all the way to Dembele with wide open space on that left side, and he was able to score that goal. And then conversely, when we were, you know, further in the game, when he was to score that his own goal, he was also down in the middle of the pitch, and again, he's just He just has a much stronger ability than Ferran Torres to find the back of the net and find players that he can uh, cooperate with. Because I remember earlier in the game, Ferran Torres had an opportunity. A long ball came over the top to Dembele on the right side. Dembele finds Ferran Torres at the top of the box. He's surrounded by three men, and he takes a shot from at the top of the box. And I don't understand why, because he has Lewandowski on the far left, wide open, and Balde also on the left, wide open. And I think this goes back to um, one of the points I had mentioned earlier, is trusting our teammates and positional awareness. And so he should know, or at least pick his head up enough to know that these players on the left side, but instead he takes it upon himself, takes a low opportunity shot, too many defenders in front of him. And I think, you know, in these situations that uh, these Low opportunity situations. We need to really know where the team is, so we can create more aggressive um, or more high chance opportunities. And you know, that's that's. I think that c- will come with time, but we so don't. So here's have my question time. to you: Do uh-huh. you think
1: we're going to line up now that Busquets is back? Hopefully, we're going to see Pedri and Frankie in the starting lineup. Do you think we're mm-hmm. going to go back to a back four uh, this coming weekend, or do you imagine that we're going to go to a back three again. And we do have the game against Man City, you know, to figure this out a little bit. But what are your thoughts about how Javi lines up next? He's got to pick a back four. Uh, That was too chaotic in the first
0: 60 minutes. Araujo was dropping out of place too often. And I think with two center backs and Araujo on the right side, it um, forces him to stay to that right side. Otherwise, he drifts too far. And then on top of that, I know he tried to be innovative and try a new lineup, but he has to know that that did not work out, and he should adjust back and maybe maybe not worry about that back line and changing that too much, but maybe change the midfield or change the front attack, because he kind of did that, right? He he had Dembele drop back a little bit more, or he had Balde have more open space on the left side and tried to operate there between him and Lewandowski or him and Ferran Torres. So there's just... It just wouldn't make
1: sense to me, right? Like, nobody saw that that back three worked. Well, I hope so. And let <laughs> us know in the comments what you guys think, if we should run a back three again or back four. Are you going to be upset if Javi starts Araujo again as a right back or right center back? So let us know. We will see you guys. Man City coming up tomorrow or today, depending on when you see this. And then we have uh, Valladolid coming up in the weekend. So we'll be back, guys. Thank you so much for your support. Have a nice day. Thanks, guys.